the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Well, welcome to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. Danny, how are you doing today on this cold winter day in Arkansas? Yeah, it's definitely way too cold for Arkansas. This is not supposed to be what we have, and uh, but I'm doing pretty well. The walls are closing in a little bit with kids, but, you know, uh, used to you got a snow day. You know, you were actually out of school, but now... This whole virtual thing is taking that away, but that's okay. We'll make it work. How about yourself? How you doing? Doing well. You know, it's Arkansas. We're snow weather. We're used to like it snows. We hit one day out, and then we're back to life as normal the next. But they're saying this whole week um, we'll have snow um, coming in up to about ten inches and ice, and it's been crazy around here. And the walls are coming in, like you said. But we've got wood for the fireplace, so we'll stay warm even if the power goes out. So we're good. Yeah, that's a good thing. We, uh, I'm too city-fied. I've got a heater. I do have a uh, kerosene heater, but I'm out of kerosene, so I'm not sure that exactly is going to do me much good. No, not at all. So, Yeah, you were talking about the snow days. You know, when we grew up, snow days were one of those days you were free to uh, do nothing. You did no homework. You know, you weren't assigned it now with AMI. But the weather's so bad here that uh, some of the schools and the colleges uh, are canceling even the virtual days because of power outages and lack of access in a lot of areas. All right, so I'm excited. Despite all of the snow, all the rolling blackouts, I'm excited for our guest today. One of the most talented guys I know, one of the funniest guys I know, and somebody I've known a long time. In fact, his sister is my wife. I need to make sure I say that the right way. And uh, so I know this guy pretty well. Corey Stanley is... Well, Corey, tell us exactly what you do at Rockbridge Community Church in Dalton, Georgia. Um, that is the home campus, I believe, of a multi-site church. Corey's he's worked, oh, the last 10 or 15 years in ministry in various capacities. Um, somebody that, uh, again, one of the hardest working guys I know. Uh, so, Corey, welcome. Thanks for joining us uh, here on Chair 2 Leader. How are you today? Man, I'm doing good. Thanks you. Thank you guys for having me and let me be a part of it. I'm excited. Um, but like Danny said, I'm at Rockbridge Community Church in the northwest, I guess, part of Georgia, and we also extend over into the Tennessee River Valley. And I'm the multi-campus director for worship and creative arts here. And so I get to do a cool role of just traveling around and meeting with our worship leaders and our creative teams. And just helping them build teams. I'm in the people business more than the music business, which is a strange thing, but it's a really cool thing because you just get to invest in people rather than in resources. So it's a cool, cool opportunity for discipleship and growth and just caring for teams and helping people uh, understand what their purpose is in, in the worship realm, I guess, of church. Yeah, and that's something I know just in talking with you over the last... Um... Well, goodness, last probably five or six years, God really was moving your heart in that direction um, for a while. Uh, because prior to this, you served, um, and I don't want to generalize it too much, you served as a worship pastor, sort of in a 
typical church setting, you know, a campus, and you were the worship pastor. Um, now, you started um, as a worship associate, moved into kind of the worship leader role, and now, like you said, you're building those teams for various campuses. So just um, kind of as a way to get started about this, um, I loved how you talked about um, it's not just a resource, but it's people that you're investing in. So it sounds like you've really incorporated that discipleship model into building those teams. What does that look like on a week-to-week basis for you when you say you're building teams, you're uh, in charge of, you know, the worship pastors and worship leaders of these church uh, campuses. What does a typical week for you look like? Uh, honestly, it's 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 kind of cool because it's just, it's just doing life with people. Um, I, I think that we have a thought process of once you become a worship leader or worship pastor um, that, you know, it's your job to pour into people, which is true, um, but who's pouring into you? And so I get to schedule out different things throughout the week uh, with our worship leaders at each campus. Um, we do lunch or coffee. Um, we do one-on-ones. And literally, we're just talking about, hey, how are you being the spiritual leader of your home? Um, how are you leading your teams well? And and what we get caught up in is the outside world. Is I mean, a lot of these uh, churches that have a very public image, we get caught up in that. We get lost in their identity rather than our own identity. And so we really define what a pastor means. And uh, we, we kind of... Uh, put music as secondary uh, to people. And so we get to use music as a creative avenue to help worshipers grow in the church and grow, draw closer to Jesus. And so um, we want life change. We want life growth in Christ more than we do a good music product. And that sounds backwards right now for a lot of people, but for, for us it works because we don't want them leaving our ministry saying that I became the best guitarist or the best vocalist. We want them leaving our ministry saying, I know why I sing, why I worship, who I'm worshiping. And we want, we want that growth there uh, as a worship leader, so that kind of thing. So, I think that's a true thing in every ministry role. And, and maybe the music handles some of those issues more than others because it is such a stage presence. A lot of times it's a persona, personality-driven position. But in any ministry, I really... If your personal life, your spiritual life, your home life are lost, you've lost your ministry too. So you really, no matter how talented or gifted you are in any other area, whether it's in worship and music or administration or teaching or preaching, if your home life, your spiritual life are lost in that, you've lost your ministry as well. So it's it, that needs to become the priority. That's a good word. What do you see are some of the biggest struggles that those campus leaders face and how do you help them walk through those? Uh, I would say the biggest thing is identity, uh, identity in Christ, not identity in self. Um, I mean, we, uh, I, of course, I'm coming from the worship realm, but, you know, hey, I, worship leaders have to look a certain way. Um, uh, what's our sound? You know, uh, how's the ba- how's the band sound? Are we using, you know, are we putting the best vocalists up there? Uh, a lot of times it's, it's talent over heart. And so uh, what we try to do is we help them see, hey, listen, like, your life is, is, is not yours. If you're really wanting to be called a worship pastor, and again, that's another avenue. Worship leader, we define worship leader as a, a guy that can lead a band, that can lead a, a congregation or a service, but uh, a worship pastor, if you really want that, we're going to push you more towards the shepherding role, more towards the discipleship role of using music in a creative avenue to preach and teach the Word of God. That's our mission statement. 
We're going to use the avenue of music for people to grow. And as scripture says, now is the time for the worshipers, the true worshipers to arise. And so we, we hide that in our heart and whatever we do in word or in deed, we do it in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And so we try to break down, Hey, we don't have to look like uh, elevation. We don't have to look like Hillsong. We don't have to look like all these, they, they, they do great music, you know, and stuff like that. We can sing their music, but our identity is not in that look from that YouTube video. Our identity is what's the congregation being taught? Are they engaging? Is there participation? Um, that's success. The success is not me cutting an album or writing music. And, and that shouldn't be something that we feel the pressure to try to achieve the 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 success is is where i can as a worship pastor and I, I still get to lead at different campuses at different times where i can step back from this microphone and i can bring the band or the choir whatever you have at your your church back and worship continues to go right? worship continues to happen you can hear the congregation singing because then you've had that journey you've had that discipleship of what it's all about because again i'm merely a prompter I'm not a performer. I'm a prompter. I'm prompting the bride of Christ, which is the true worshipers, to sing for the audience of one. So the performers are actually the bride of Christ. The prompter is me and the screens on either side of me that are prompting us with lyrics or the scripture reading that I'm trying to frame around this or whatever else. And then we sing for the audience of one. And so we get that backwards a lot of times. Hey, Corey's the performer. This is my audience is the church. And then God somewhere in the middle of all this. And we, we just get that all mixed up. And so we come in right off the bat, especially with worship leaders that want to be worship pastors that are looking for m more out of it than just leading music. They want to invest in people. They want to see God grow in their teams and in their volunteers. We want to make sure that, hey, they're centered on this uh, honestly selfless it's not about me. We want others to succeed. We want others to grow um, because that's the only way, honestly, that God's name is going to be glorified. Yeah, so you see yourself more as a discipleship leader, pastor. The music is just an element of that discipleship process. Correct. I just get to do, I get to present the gospel and God's scripture in a creative way. But if we miss it to where, hey, Corey, you made me the best electric guitar player I could ever be, then I, I mean, that's not getting anybody closer to heaven. You know, if, if they're leaving my ministry and that's all I've based on, then I failed as a pastor because truly I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a pastor. You know, yeah, there's worship in the title, but overall, if you're going to take on that pastor role, whatever avenue you're in, it's still about discipleship. It's still about growth. And it's still about Jesus going out. So yeah, I'm going to, my hook is going to be the electric guitar. Come in, man. You get to play, you get to play each week, but then over time, hopefully he or she starts to see that whoa, I've learned way more than just, you know, music and chord structure and, and, and Nashville numbers and all this other stuff. I've learned that this song's based on this scripture and that I can grow within this and that I can learn from this and that I can apply this to my life. And then I can be a better man or woman within my home, within my neighborhood and my community and so on. Yeah. I love the, I love the connection overall of calling of task as disciple maker, as you know, use the word prompter. Um, and I think that, you know, again, across the board, whether it's, you know, somebody with discipleship pastor role, missions pastor role, somebody like me that's in the first chair or senior pastor role, we realize that it's so easy to get, uh, yeah, the, the pulpit, uh, to get the stage, whatever it is, just in front of the room. 
uh, and really draw identity out of that. But like you're saying, that calling to lead others to worship is a call to pastor, it's a call to discipleship. And in the day-to-day grind, it is really easy to forget that uh, because we look at you know, for the last year, for many churches, the online world, how many views did we get? How many shares? Or, you know, that's probably a simplistic way to think about it. There's other metrics for sure, but we get caught up in, you know, what did people think of my sermon, of my song, of my time, instead of going, hey, was I faithful to the Lord? Was I faithful as I sang? Was I faithful as I led this mission team? Was I faithful as I led that, you know, discipleship time, whatever it looks like? And, um, you know, Corey working uh, you, you mentioned uh, kind of being the, the the team leader, so to speak, of those worship pastors. Uh, it's almost like a coach to coaches, you know, and I think that's a great reminder for us to, to think I need those kind of people in my life. So, um, you know, Ben, I don't know how it is on your staff there since y'all are a multi-staff church. I know for me, it's just me and one other guy. And I have tried to take on that coaching role, but I also realize I still need, in fact, I'm I'm shamelessly plug our own podcast here. This has been a great coaching thing for me as I hear different guys preach or not preach, I'm sorry, but share on the podcast. <laughs> so as I, as I hear guys share on the podcast like you're doing, I'm going, yeah, that's that's what I, I need to be reminded of that. So um, a coach to coaches, a, a pastor to pastors, I think is maybe something, maybe that's just something we need to incorporate more in our churches uh, regardless of what they look like. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, we do that some. It, you know, for most church things, it's not going to be a pastor whose primary role is to pour into other pastors. For the vast majority of church leaders, that's not going to be the case. But there are people in our congregation that you can be raising up. There may be pastors in your pew. They just don't know that God has called them to be a pastor yet. And when you're pouring into them and to d- discipling them and training them and showing them how they can uh, grow in their faith, mature, use their gifts, their talents for the kingdom, that you might be able to raise up leaders through your discipleship. It doesn't just happen from the pulpit or from the stage, but it's that daily interaction, the life on life, the doing things together, um, serving together, working together. Together that helps build that discipleship and raises up the leaders and helps you be able to train others for the work of the ministry. Yeah, and our 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 org, our org chart or structure, I guess you could say, is set up in that way. So all the guys that you know, so we have probably ten to twelve guys in our our staff meeting that I lead. Um, I'm dotted lines to most of those, and what I mean by dotted line is I'm just a coach to them. Their direct report is still a campus pastor. So their, their weekly check-ins and, hey, are your tasks and this getting done? Are you planning effectively through this for our worship services? That's mainly coming from their CP or their campus pastor. Um, I, get a, I get a cool job of saying, man, hey, how are, have, you, have you dated your wife recently? Do you, do you, have you taken her out? Because that needs to happen. Let's, let's work with your schedule. I, I get to do life with these guys and just coach them along on the things that we feel that matter. And right now we're on this movement, not moment of dependency and prayer. And so that's something that I get to coach in and say, Hey, are we dependent on ourselves to lead music or are we relying on ourselves? Are we actually spending more time in prayer before we get up there to lead in worship and being dependent on the Holy Spirit moving in a great mighty way and removing ourselves from it? And those are again, just a cool, a cool little aspect that I get to be a part of coaching within their life. 
which is something any pastor, any minister, any leader on any level can do with other leaders or congregation members going and saying, asking those questions like you asked. Hey, how's your prayer life? How's your marriage? How's your quiet time? Are you reading your Bible? Hey, do you want to share your faith? Are you looking for opportunities to share your faith? Those are questions we could and should be asking everybody, no matter what leadership level we're on or who we have that's maybe directly reporting to us. Yeah, and Corey, you mentioned something earlier, and I think Ben kind of flows right with that is, you know, we have these measures of success um, that we have tended to use over the years, and really it's that faithfulness to invest in people at whatever level. Again, if somebody's listening to this and they're going, well, I don't have multi-sites, you know, I don't have a multi-campus church, it's just me and, you know, my 50 or whatever, but yeah, you're just asking them those questions, essentially equipping them to do that work of ministry and uh, i have to be reminded of that you know that my measure of success i mean it's nice to see a full auditorium or in this case a full parking lot because we do parking lot services and stuff like that but really it's investing in those people one-to-one life you know life on life type stuff and uh, i I just think it's been a, a really good encouragement maybe if you're in a chair too and maybe you're not getting that from your chair one person you know, become that, like Ben was saying, just to people to, in your congregation. Maybe, you know, you work uh, in, in a specific role as a youth minister and you've got those youth families. Be a coach to them and, and uh, mentor to them, discipling them. And uh, I heard I had somebody ask me rec- uh, a couple of years ago, I say recently, you know, I do this all the time. Somebody recently, seven years ago, said uh, that uh, they asked me if discipleship and leadership development were the same thing. And uh, I think for the purpose of equipping people in the church, I would say that there is some similarities there because really your leaders are coming out of that discipleship. So if you structure your life and structure your church, or your, maybe you can't restructure the church as a whole, but your little slice of ministry, that matters how you structure it so that discipleship can take place and then to see those people fulfill the giftedness that God has um, gifted them with. And so um, that's really uh, fantastic, uh, a reminder and fantastic stuff. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Hey, Corey, just change directions a little bit. You've been in, in worship ministry for a while. What are some of the biggest change you've seen in the last few years and maybe some of the things you see that on the horizon may be out there for those who are worship leaders? Uh, I think the the biggest change um, is you know we've had we've had this thing of keeping up with the Joneses, which I've been in I've been in that uh, trap for a while as well. Of hey, you know if I'm not doing this, this, and this, if the world doesn't see me as this, this, and this, let's let's take it a, a step further. If my congregation doesn't see me as this, this, and this, or YouTube or Instagram or whatever else you're on doesn't see me, then I'm not living up to my potential in in worship. And it, it was a big thing for me because I don't I can't write music. Like I struggle. Everything sounds like a song I've already heard. So like I start writing a song and it sounds like Man in the Mirror from Michael Jackson or something like that. You write covers. Is that kind of... Exactly. exactly. I can do parodies all day. Um, (laughs) Some would argue my sermons are that, but that's another podcast. So anyway, for for the first, honestly, guys, I'd say 10 years. I mean, because it's been about 15 now, but for the first 10 years... I, I thought I felt that pressure. Like, man, I got like all these churches. Like that, this is success. 
This is defining success. And they're coming out with their church music and they're writing original stuff for the church. And this is amazing. Everything. And I, and I just kept on thinking in my head, there's got to be something more. And I had a great mentor in my life uh, that asked me what I wanted to be. And I, I never could really give him a clear answer. I was like, I just want to be a good worship pastor. And he's like, do you know what a worship pastor is? And then, yeah, yeah, a guy that leads music. And he just kind of put his head down. And I said, okay, so I don't know something and you need to teach me because uh, I'm, I'm failing at this. And he goes, let's just define what worship leader and worship pastor are. And that's where I see where we're heading is, do you want a front man? Because I can find you a bunch of front men. You know, I can find you guys that can sing and girls that can sing and that can lead a band. Um, but what I think the movement should be is what's behind that. And so we, we always say here at Rockbridge that we'll definitely take A-plus talent, but we're not going to put them up there if they don't have an A-plus heart or if they're not working on an A-plus heart. I don't want an empty shell. I want someone that sees their talent as God-given, uh, that they go out in humility and they want to see their church grow because they're delivering a message. And again, when you get around to it, what is the music for? It's just a vessel. Um, the words are what changes lives. We, if we're singing on scripture, if we're singing on the foundation of God, then that's what's life changing. That's hard for us as musicians to hear sometimes because we want to think of it as, as our craft, as our, our creativeness. But really what we want to get out there more than the drums, the bass, the guitar, and everything else is we want to get the message out there. And that's where I'm hoping that we're headed to. To. I, I get to be a part of some communities online with other worship leaders and worship pastors. And that's the talk right now is there's got to be something more than this because I felt for the first part of my, my life of ministry was fluff. You know, like they wanted me to do these things. And I'm like, that's, that's task-based. Like you were talking about with, with um, leadership development and discipleship. Uh, you know, I think if we're discipling right, then leadership's going to be falling into place because who's a better leader to follow than Jesus? And if I'm teaching my people how to be selfless, who's a better example of being selfless than Jesus? So, you know, we're, we're on the, I, I feel like we're on the horizon of getting to this place of where we're, we're definitely not just saying the words, it's not about me, it's about him. And you know, we're actually living that out and praising people. So if one of you guys got up there to sing a song and you delivered it better than I could ever do it, great. The gospel went out. Absolutely. I'm okay with standing on the back wall just as long as we have some kind of spiritual growth. And if I got to get, if I had to use music in a creative way to do that, then yippee, let's get it done. But you know, if, if it's simply just telling them about Jesus, then let's do it that way. Whatever avenue we have to do it, let's build that up and let's continue to have that, that conversation and that discipleship happening. Yeah. The message is much more important than the method or the vessel that delivers the message. Yes. Unchanging message, ever-changing methodologies. So I'm not going to add to or take away from God's word, but I'm going to I'm going to try to find the best method or methodology to get to that believer or unbeliever or that worship leader or that worship pastor. And whatever struggle we're going through, we're still going to relate it. We're still going to cross-reference it with Jesus, the life of Jesus, and how he's working in and through us. Corey, this is... I mean, this has been a great encouragement. I knew it would be just, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago when y'all were home during holidays, getting to talk about some of this stuff. And, you know, I thought then I, I want others to be able to hear uh, your heart behind that. So uh, I really appreciate uh, you taking time today. And honestly, I think we could bring you back uh, and hope to bring you back again, because I just think there's so much more to keep talking about. But you talked about that equipping. You talked about you know, just getting guys ready. And so we are blessed uh, to 
uh, have a sponsor that can help people do that. And Ben's going to tell us about that. That's right. If you want to further your equipping, be more prepared for ministry, develop your knowledge of the message that's being delivered, we want to encourage you to check out our sponsor, Central Baptist College. They've got a PACE degree completion program where you may have started some college education and you want to finish it. They've, they've proven this as an in-class and online and hybrid course formats with multiple degrees that'll fit your schedule. You don't have to leave ministry to finish your degree or to finish your training. They understand you can't quit your full-time job. They've got this format that will help you. They've been doing it for over 20 years. So if you want to check this out, how you can further your ministry, deepen your knowledge for the message, visit cvc.edu slash online. You can apply for admission there. Someone will contact you, but check them out, cvc.edu slash online. We're glad to have him as sponsor. Corey, thank you for joining us today on this episode of Chair 2 Leaders. Hope to see you, have you back with us at some point in the future. Uh, it's been good talking with you. Now, one final question before we go. You were talking about that you meet with people every week, coffee shops and those kinds of things. How do you take your coffee? Regular. Regular. <laughs> no cream, no sugar, just black. No cream, no sugar. Just, just. I just want the caffeine. It's a means <laughs> to an end to get to a little bit of caffeine. That's right. It's just, it's liquid caffeine. That's right. That's One right. day when I grow up, I'll drink black coffee, but uh, I doctor mine up too much. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>